to Build Basics, our free bite-sized lessons in the very basics of podcasting. Hello, I'm Rory Boyle. I'm a production manager at Broccoli Productions. In this role, I work across all the shows we make in various capacities. So needless to say, I communicate with countless people every single day. Today, I'm going to take you through five key points to writing a professional email. Whether you're reaching out to a contact because you'd like to collaborate with them, booking a guest for a show or a podcast, or you're going in cold to an organization that you'd like to work for, there are some simple steps you can follow to make sure your email is concise, precise, and professional. So let's just get straight into it. Step one is formatting and grammar. Now, some of this may seem obvious, but a badly formatted email with poor grammar is enough to stop the recipient from engaging with your message altogether. So remember, always include a subject line that summarizes what your email is about. This doesn't have to be revolutionary. If you're emailing somebody about freelance work at their organization, the subject can simply read freelance work query. It's good to keep this short and to the point, and whatever you do, don't leave the subject blank. It won't entice the recipient to open the email, and if it's your first time emailing them and you don't include a subject, it could well go to their junk, so they never even see it in the first place. When formatting your email, remember to keep your language professional. If you don't know the recipient, you can begin with, Dear Sir or Madam, or to whom it may concern. If you do know the recipient's name, but you haven't been in contact before, remember not to be too casual. For example, if the person you're emailing is called Joe, begin with, Dear Joe, I hope this email finds you well, as opposed to, Hiya Joe, hope you're good. Now, of course, you don't always have to address someone so formally, especially as you get to know them better. But remember, this is professional communication and should be treated as such, Even if you are emailing somewhere like a podcast production company or a radio station, some people can fall into the trap of being too casual. These are still professional organizations. Finally, make sure spell check is on. This can quash any anxieties about spelling mistakes. We'll talk a little bit more about formatting in a moment, but first let's move on to step two, which is identifying who you are. So you need to tell the recipient a little bit about yourself and why you're emailing them. If you're looking for work, you don't need to reel off your whole CV. You can, of course, attach it to the email and provide them with links to projects you've previously worked on. Again, these links should speak for themselves and you don't need to go into any extreme detail. For example, if you worked as a production assistant on the Broccoli podcast, Human Resources, that's all you need to say, along with providing links to the show. If you clearly establish who you are and what you do, the recipient will always ask to know more if they want to learn more. This brings us perfectly to step three, establishing a call to action. The recipient needs to know who you are and what you want from them and how they can make this happen. So for instance, if you're somebody who's just begun producing independent podcasts and you want to gain permanent employment at a podcast production company or learn more about freelancing, you need a call to action so the recipient can help. This could be inviting the recipient for a coffee or asking if they have time for a Zoom call. If they agree to the former, make sure to work around their schedule and suggest a meeting point that's convenient for them. If you live in South London and they live north, be willing to travel. 
At the end of the day, they are giving up their time and so you should be flexible. Equally, if they agree to a Zoom call, make sure you set up the call and the diary invites. Step four reiterates a little bit of what we were talking of earlier, keeping it succinct. Now, we've all been on the receiving end of a message that's more of an essay than an email. No one likes getting these, especially if the recipient is busy. The chances are they may not even read the whole thing. So one of the easiest ways to avoid this is by implementing some of the steps we've just spoken about. In order to keep your email succinct, make sure you only include the necessary information. Formatting is also key. Never underestimate the power of short paragraphs to effectively convey your message. Step five is closing remarks. We've already spoken about how to open an email and the same goes for saying goodbye. You might want to say, I look forward to hearing from you and offer to answer any questions the recipient may have. If what you're communicating is complex, feel free to suggest a phone call to go over anything that may require further explaining. Best regards, kind regards, best wishes, or sincerely are all good examples to use before your sign off with your name at the end. In business-related correspondence, always include your title as well as your contact information for you and your office if you have one. Remember to give someone time to respond. 48 hours is perfectly reasonable if your inquiry is coming in cold and non-urgent. Business hours are usually between 9am and 6pm for most companies, so don't expect a response outside of those sorts of times. If you haven't heard back by then, you can give a polite nudge by saying something like, just checking to see if you've had a chance to read my email. Finally, if you're listening to this and you feel a little bit nervous about emailing somebody for the first time, well, as long as you follow these five steps, you can be safe in the knowledge that your email is professional and to the point. So let's go through them one last time. Step one is formatting and grammar, making sure everything looks and sounds professional. Step two is identifying who you are so the recipient gets a clear picture of you. Step three is establishing a call to action so the recipient knows what you want and how they can help. Step four is keeping it succinct, making sure you've gotten the point across quickly and effectively. And step five is closing remarks, ensuring your sign-off is as professional as your opening. And speaking of closing remarks, that's it from me. I hope you found this helpful and remember more than anything, your next great opportunity is just an email away. Thanks for listening to this Build Basic. Ready for a more substantial lesson? With a Build subscription, you'll have access to masterclasses made and taught by industry professionals across five pillars. Personal development, business, marketing, production and storytelling. Head over to the Build channel on Apple Podcasts. Just £3.99 a month will give you access to all the lessons with new classes added monthly.